0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the big show. It's your host of the most hopsy baby boy. This is the project. Again, this is the only show that really has any meaning to a lot of the population these days. So to, to continue on with this show and how important it is to all my listeners, um, it's just such an honor to be with uh, all of you here on the airwaves. Going to do something a little bit different today. Usually uh, steer pretty clear of sports talk if I can and uh, don't really try to you know keep up to date analysis on the sports world and what's going on but I just was uh, on my way home from uh, my sisters this morning spent Christmas at my sister's yesterday Merry Christmas to all it's boxing day here as I record this and I was just driving back to my house and was thinking about the world juniors and it's such a beautiful time of year and uh, the tournament always starting on boxing day in Canada the world juniors is like an absolute holiday staple tradition um you know, lots of people every year look forward to this tournament. It's always at a great time of year. You know, right between Christmas, New Year's, everyone's kind of off. No one's working. Everyone's lazy. A lot of people are watching some hockey, and um, the World Juniors has been a big tournament for me my entire life. You know, it was always really fun to watch it at this time of year. But um, when I was playing, I know I didn't the last couple of years, especially. You'd only get a couple of days off around this time of year, so. Wasn't really that into it. Wasn't uh, spending a lot of time watching the World Juniors. Was kind of taking a break away from hockey. But, you know, not playing this year. Kind of feel like a kid again. I'm all fired up for it. And uh, Canada is going to have a really good team this year. The uh, World Juniors is in Moncton, New Brunswick, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I um, believe it's the first time they've been a host out there in the Maritimes. So, really excited for Halifax. Really excited for Moncton and the Maritimes as a whole because. You know, those people love this tournament that time of year. Those people love their hockey and got a lot of friends and family on the East Coast and a lot of good people I know that are out there checking out games today. We got Canada taking on the Czech Republic at 4.30 p.m. It's 2.30 o'clock Western Mountain Time as I am doing this podcast right now. So we're about two hours away from uh, Canada against the Czech Republic or Czechia Czechia. I don't know when they dropped the Republic from their name, and now they go by Chechi. I literally thought it was a different country, so that shows how much I know. I literally had to Google it and make sure that that was the same country that I thought it was. Um, But yeah, this can be a big tournament. Um, Hockey, uh, not a really worldwide popular sport, but uh, for those of you who are completely unaware of what the World Juniors is, uh, you usually have 10 of the best hockey nations in the world send their best team they can make of players under the age of 20. So usually the players are 18, 19, really good studs that are young, 16 and 17-year-olds occasionally make it, but not usually. And if they do, they're usually a pretty highly regarded prospect. And one thing I love about the World Juniors that makes it so interesting to me is you just have this like hodgepodge of different players from different leagues, different levels all over the world. We got guys playing in the NHL, we have guys playing like in the USHL in the states, guys are playing in you know under 20 leagues over in Europe. Got a lot of guys playing in top leagues. You have guys ripping apart major junior and then you have studs that are playing in really high European leagues. When you google their numbers, they have like one goal in 30 games, but they're playing in like the top league over there in Europe. So it's it's interesting. Some of these guys are like highly regarded prospects. You look at their stats, they look awful you might not realize that they might be playing one of the best leagues in the world so it's very interesting canada historically mostly major junior players make up that team from the western league the ontario league the quebec league sprinkle in some studs that are playing south of the border ncaa d1 and then you know you got a team like the states where they're pretty much all ncaa d1 players you know you you mix in a couple other players from uh, some major junior leagues But, you know, traditionally, Canada and the States, it's kind of like Major Junior against NCAA. So, you know, a lot of pride on the line there for not only the countries, but a lot of people taking pride. And, you know, there's always that argument, what's better, Major Junior, Division One, And, you know, this is a great tournament to settle that kind of a debate. But uh, I just wanted for my own personal gain, I guess I was thinking today, I love... Watching this tournament, but I love like knowing who to watch on each team, which guys are studs, which guys are playing in North America, where guys are playing, maybe if they're on NHL deals, you know, their prospects of NHL teams. So I just like having a bit of uh, knowledge of the players that we're going to watch. So basically all I'm going to do, I'm going to go through the the powerhouse teams in this tournament. I'm going to give some players that we should watch a lot of uh, kind of like an overview of where most of the players on each team are playing. And uh, gonna do a bit of a breakdown for Team USA, Team Sweden, Team Finland, Switzerland, Chechia, and then I kind of did like a honorable mention. I mixed up all the the you know some of the smaller nations with not as many high-profile prospects. I did a couple honorable mentions and uh, picked out some good players from those teams. So I spent a little bit of time actually doing some research and uh, combing through the elite prospect database online and. And I just wanted to, you know, give us a little update on who, who we're supposed to be watching, what to expect from this year's tournament, and, uh, you know, people people to keep your eye on. Absolutely. So um, let's start with, let's just start with the USA. Let's just get right into it. Um, I'm not sure if this is the most efficient way to go about this. Um, I, my producer uh, not only doesn't exist, but he probably would have called in sick anyway. So it was up to me to uh, to make this up together. So the research, this it, is primary research online done by yours truly. So if I missed some players or I forgot some stats uh, that you were looking to hear, uh, forgive me, because uh, I don't know, I don't know, I just wanted to try doing this. Don't try to focus a lot on hockey, but I just thought, a little bonus episode, let's take a look at who, what to expect from this year's tournament, and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. So let's start with uh, the Team USA here. Team USA, always an absolute powerhouse in uh, this tournament. You know, you can usually probably insinuate that they're a favorite with Team Canada, Sweden, Finland... Usually Russia, Russia usually been in the tournament. Russia not allowed to play in this year's tournament because of what's unfolding over there in the Ukraine. Still, they weren't allowed to play in the tournament that was canceled last year. Ended up being a when was it, the last World Juniors? It was canceled last Christmas because of COVID, and then this year they're having they had it in like August. So like the last World Juniors was only you know four or five months ago there. So it it, it feels kind of weird that we just had that tournament. A lot of these guys are returning players, but uh, they I'm glad they got it in, but yeah, so no Russia this year. So I'm not sure which team made it up from the relegation round, but it was Austria or Latvia, I, I believe. And, you know, I always feel bad for those lower countries in this tournament because they don't really stand a chance to begin with. And then this year, with Russia being out, they had to bring up another uh, team from like the B World Championship, World Junior Tournament. So I believe those two teams, don't quote me on it, are Austria and um, Latvia. Austria got absolutely thumped about an hour ago when I was doing some research. Last I looked, it was like 10-0, and they had a lot of time left in the third. That game might still be going. A couple more minutes left. Uh, I wish I got this out a couple hours ago, like I said, but I uh, just kind of thought about doing this a few hours ago. So bear with me. Let's get into what we can expect from Team USA. Um, Looking at their roster, lots of studs, lots of studs, and every single player on Team USA plays Division I, except three of those. And uh, those are being, uh, Bauer is a, he's a goalie. We got Andrew Oak. No, Andrew Oak's a goalie. Trey Augustine, who's playing for the U18 squad. And then we have um, a lot, two guys playing in the OHL, I believe. So players that I think uh, we got to watch on Team USA, some studs. Let's start out with Luke Hughes, fourth overall pick to the Devils in 2021 That's Quinn and Jack Hughes' brother. Not a bad family there. Quinn Hughes playing for the Vancouver Canucks, stud defenseman. Jack Hughes, former first overall pick to the Devils as well. He's having a big year on a very good Devils team. I was pretty shocked to see that this guy didn't crack the NHL this year, being a fourth overall pick and an absolute stud for a very strong University of Michigan team. But he's playing in Michigan this year. He's got three goals and 15 assists in 20 games played. Not a bad stat line there. Keep an eye on him. This kid's foolish. Like, I know Owen Power was a first overall pick playing for the Buffalo Sabres now. He was playing with Michigan last year as well. And I don't watch a lot of NCAA hockey. But I, from what I saw, I thought Luke Hughes might have been the more dominant player on that team. So keep an eye on him. Absolute stud. Uh, Another player I want you all to keep a lookout here, he's draft eligible this year, it's Luke Middlestat, he's uh, Casey Middlestat of the Buffalo Sabres little brother, and uh, they also have an older brother, Johnny Middlestat, who plays for the University of Minnesota as well, all those Middlestat brothers making their way through that University of Minnesota Golden Gopher program. And uh, Luke Mittelstadt he has two goals and eleven assists in twenty games played in Division One hockey. There, so keep an eye on him. I believe he's one of the only draft eligible players on this American team. And uh, apart from that, I'm gonna take you to a guy who's playing in the OHL. Keep your eye out for Tyler Boucher. He's a tenth overall pick to the Ottawa Senators. Here, I think it was 2021. He was a tenth overall pick. He's a big boy who's known to throw the body. That was uh, what his elite prospects, little blurb about him said. He's one of the most physical players in his age group, one of the most physical players not playing professional hockey at the moment. Interesting thing about him is last year, he started out the year in um, the prestigious Boston University NCAA D1 program. He only played 12 games, and then he left and joined the Ottawa 67s of the OHL. And uh, he's also the son of former NHL longtime goaltender Brian Boucher. So kind of cool. His, uh, you know, his father being a legendary, long-tenured NHL goalie. And kind of cool to see that he was not a goalie himself. He became a D-man and a stud nonetheless. So let's keep an eye on those three guys. Uh, there's tons of studs. I probably could have you know, had a 20-minute episode just on this American team. But um, let's look at one more player too. He's uh, draft eligible. Gavin Bridley. Plays for the University of Michigan as well. He's got one goal and nine assists for 20 games played. And that sometimes makes me laugh because you see these guys. Like this guy's supposed to be like a late first rounder, mid first rounder. He's only got one goal and nine assists, like I said, in 20 games played. But that's for a very strong powerhouse Michigan team where I'm imagining he might not even be a top six player. So it's uh, this tournament will probably be a big breakout for him to get his draft stock going up. So yeah, the uh, Team USA looks good. Um, I love, like I said, I touched on it a bit earlier. It's usually like a, you know, Division One NCAA American team against a major junior all-star team in the uh, for for the Canadian side. But honestly, I from having my own experience in major junior, I was not a stud when I played major junior myself. But uh, I've played some games uh, against NCAA programs as well in my own experience when I was playing Canadian university hockey. And the NCAA is by far a better league than major junior hockey. And people can argue that all you want. I think you get higher top-end talent comes out of uh, the NA, uh, major junior ranks, sorry. And I think that's just because if you're a real stud who has a legitimate pro chance straight out of junior, and you do not have any inclination of trying to get an education because you know that you are a big enough stud that you will have a career in hockey, I think you're better off to go the major junior route You get more games played more of a nhl pro like schedule you get used to that travel you get used to that lifestyle whereas the ncaa great hockey amazing game very structured game it's almost like any other league i've ever seen like the amount of structure and the systems that they play very tight league and better hockey but you know you see these studs they end up going to these sweet schools and they do like a year or two and then they take off to the pro ranks and you know, I'm sure they can acquire their degrees and whatnot. But, you know, as an American, you grow up, you probably want to play NCAA, all these programs that are around you in your area that you're familiar with. So, yeah, you'll, there's only two players, only two OHL players, um, major junior players on the entire American roster. So keep a lookout for them. They're going to be a good team as always. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch them. Let's move on. Let's move on to Team Sweden here. Uh, try to get this going a little quicker here this time. Team Sweden, very strong, as I just mentioned. Knocking off a you know an affable opponent, not really, but the Austrian team looked like they were fucking a junior B squad out there cutting around with them. Team Sweden though, six first round picks on their lineup and in their lineup right now, and there's only three skaters on Team Sweden that play in North America. There's a goalie that plays in the USHL. There's Fabian Lysel an AHLer and Isaac Rosen another AHLer. One thing I find very weird. Europeans are able to come over if they're drafted or with an NHL team and play in the American Hockey League before they are 20 years old. Where if you are a North American, you cannot do so. You have to go back to junior or college. You cannot play at the AHL level unless you're on like some sort of a injured uh, conditioning stint. And I think you can go down and play five or some games. I think Shane Wright did that earlier this year for Seattle's AHL team over there in Coachella. But I just find it's weird how that how that works. Because, you know, you had to have a guy like Shane Wright this year. He couldn't transition right into the NHL. But you can't send that guy back down to junior, where he's already played three full years in the OHL and really torn it up. I don't think that's great for his development. So I think something needs to be changed there. But that's a bit of a a sub-tangent. So back to the Team Sweden. We got 10 players on this roster are right now full-time Swedish Elite League players, which is wild. Because that is, uh, I mean, in my opinion no direct experience with this league. Just from what I've heard in conversations I've had, that's a top five league in the world, no questions asked. But if you look at these guys' numbers, the 10 players that are playing in the, in the Swedish Elite League, like their numbers are fucking awful. Like this guy could be like a second, third rounder, you know, legit NHL prospect, and you look him up and he's got like one goal in 20 games. So I don't know, I, I always wonder why like Europeans are so like the way they develop their prospects is so different from the from North America as a whole. So, it's interesting to see how some guy. I always wonder if it's the best way to do it. Like you put you put these guys playing up with men who are making unreal money up there, who are studs. And I always wonder if it's really that good for their development. Like should they not be just playing junior with kids their own age, lighting it up, being the stud on the team, puck on their stick all night? Or do they go up, play against more, you know, strong older experienced competition but then they probably not play in top 6 minutes they're probably on the fourth line not playing as much probably harder on the confidence so i always I'm, I'm always intrigued by this tournament because you have all these players on sweden that are playing in different leagues and like there's a guy on sweden who doesn't play in the swiss elite league the swiss elite league the swedish elite league he's playing in the league below which is called the alsfenskien but he is an assistant captain on team sweden i wish i wrote the guy's name down i can't remember but i always wonder like what's the dynamic like on team sweden like are the guys that play swedish elite league are they just walking around like i'm the fucking tits and all these Al Svenskin plugs like can blow me like i wonder what like what the atmosphere is like in that dressing room they also have 16 players that are signed to nhl contracts so this is a stud this is a stud roster so I just, you know, I, I don't know too much about Team Sweden, but these are the players I kind of identified as who we should probably watch. And we'll start off with a guy who might not be a stud, but he's an undrafted 19-year-old who caught my eye, Milton Oscarson. He is six six foot and 215 pounds, and he is listed as a center and right winger. So keep your eye on him. I'm always intrigued by these big bodies. Hopefully he does play center because I love watching a big body rip up the middle. You know what I'm saying? Apart from that, let's look at Axel sandin Palika. think that's his name this guy's a stud he's only 17 years old and he's playing full-time in the swedish elite league when you're only 17 in this tournament because you're under 18 you have to wear a cage so you can find this guy wearing a cage out there he's played 14 games in the swedish top league he has two goals three assists for five points that is legit that is legit the kids that are coming out of that league and playing full-time that young you can almost guarantee that he's going to be a stud. At 17-year-olds old to be able to play at that level of hockey and succeed, it seems, that's uh, that's pretty fucking legit. Uh, let's move on to a 19-year-old, Simon Robertson. He was a third rounder of the St. Louis Blues, and he is in his fourth season playing games in the SHL, which is pretty crazy as a 19-year-old. So his first game in that league, he didn't play many games, but that's so ni- 19, 18. He was 16 years old playing games in the Swedish Elite League. Like, that is... That is fucking gross. Let's keep an eye on this guy. And then moving on, we got Fabian Wagner. He's a sixth round NHL pick and he's played the whole year in the SHL. He has 17 games played, zero points. So that's where I get confused as if this is really like good for his development. So it must be weird for him. 17 games played in the top league in Sweden. Now he's in the world juniors playing with kids his own age, probably able to dominate this level of play a lot more so i wonder how that feels in your head like one night you're playing against all these men then you drop down to the world junior championship and you're probably a little more dominant so how does that work with a guy's headspace makes me always wonder and last but not least on team sweden keep an eye on william Stormgren. he's a flame second rounder he's played the whole year in the swedish elite league and oh no he has one game one game played in their u20 league and he had a hat trick And then the rest of the year, he's played 26 games played in the Swedish Elite League. He's got two goals and three assists. And uh, the Flames are apparently pretty pretty happy about this kid and, and what he might do in North America. So keep an eye on him. Something to watch. Let's move on to Team Finland. Team's always gross. They got 13 players signed to NHL deals. And they have 16 players playing in the Liga, which is the Finnish top league. And from what I've heard is really nasty league. They play on Olympic ice. It's very defensive, very lower scoring. So if you see a guy that's playing in that league, like there's a there's guys going first round that have like under 10 points in a year. But if you have like half a point per game in the top league over in in, in Finland, the Liga, that's good. That is nasty. Like Patrick Lane, I remember like he scored a lot of goals in that league, but like he wasn't tearing it up. I don't even think he was point per game. And then he comes over and like was lights out his rookie year. So this league produces legit prospects. I think where that's that's where that like Slakovsky kid that went first overall to Montreal. That's where he was playing last year. So it's it's a really good league, and a lot of these guys are playing over there. Players to watch. Let's start with Brad Lambert. He's actually a half Canadian. His dad's a Canadian, but I believe he was born over in Finland. He went 30th overall last year to the Winnipeg Jets. He's playing for the Manitoba Moose this year because, like I said, he's technically. He's European, so he's able to play this year over in the AHL. He's played 14 games for the Moose. He's got two goals and two assists. And his dad is from Kindersley, Saskatchewan, was a longtime professional player over in the British League. So I'm imagining when his dad, a Canadian, was over there playing somewhere, probably uh, gave birth to his son there. And this is Brad Lambert's third World Junior Championship appearance. So pretty sick. He's a 19-year-old now, but you know he made his first appearance at, at 17. So... This kid's gross. I remember, I had a buddy who was playing over in France, or uh, maybe he was over in the the Ers Liga playing in Hungary, and he, they were saying that these Euros like thought that this kid was going like first overall. Like Europeans were obsessed with this kid. They think he's really good. He doesn't really have the numbers to show it yet, but apparently this kid's going to be a fucking absolute gamer. And he actually played a year of midget in in Saskatoon for the contacts way back. I'm not sure if he played a full year, but he has a couple games marked on there online. So interesting to see this Canadian Finnish kid over there being a stud for Team Finland. Um, Other players to watch, let's keep an eye on Oliver Kapanen. He was a second-round Canadians pick. I believe he's the captain of Team Finland. And he has seven goals and seven assists in 32 games played over in the Liga. And that for his age and that league, that level of play, that's gross numbers. Those are really good. Uh, apart from that, we got Toppy Rani. He's a second-round Flames pick. And he's got one goal and one assist in 10 games played in the Liga. So one thing I blows my fucking tree about uh, Finland, and they're always so strong in hockey. I'm not sure what they do. In other sports, if there is competitive or if there is a dominant, obviously probably a winter country, but they only have 5.5 million people as of 2021 in the entire country. And they like they have they have 13 players on NHL contracts under 20 just from that. Like that's like the the province of Ontario has 14.5 million people like Canada as a whole, I think has like 35 million or something like that is a big hockey nation. And these guys only come in with 5 million people total as a country. And they fucking put together an unbelievable team every year. I got a lot of respect for the Finns. Great hockey nation. And it'll be fun to, to watch them uh, as this tournament goes on. Um, let's take a look next at Team Switzerland at the Swiss. And they only have two players signed to NHL deals. They have seven players that are playing in the Quebec Major Junior League. Like, fuck, can someone head out west Maybe. Like someone head out where They must have had a don't air out there on the Maritimes and just said, fuck it, we're sticking right over here. Maybe it was just a shorter flight. They didn't want to go all the way to the west. Who knows? And I think, oh, they also do have three OHL players. So that's kind of cool. The captain of Team Switzerland, I'm going to say his name completely wrong, Atilio Biasca, he's the captain of Team Swiss, and he's also the captain of the Halifax Mooseheads, whom are a host city for this tournament. So pretty cool for this kid being a European captain of a really, really well-renowned, Quebec major junior franchise and right now in the Quebec league he's got eight goals and 19 assists in 28 games played so that's pretty good he's an undrafted player be interested to see his transition if he ends up playing North American pro or if he goes back to to Switzerland playing some high level over there it's gonna be very interesting to see next we got Leon Bichel he's a first round pick to Dallas and he has 25 games played this year in the Swedish elite league and he has two assists for two points, but he has 41 PIMs in that league as a young lad. Like, is he going flippers over there in the sweet in the Swedish league? We don't know. Keep an eye on him. I think he was like a tenth overall pick or something. And then next we got Brian Zanet or is it Zanetti? I'm not 100 sure, and I will not pull up the roster to check. But um, he plays for the Peterborough Peets. He was a fourth round Flyers pick. He's a D man, and he has two goals and three assists in 27 games in the OHL, which doesn't sound good, but uh, he's a pretty big boy. Uh, look for him to be a big contributor on their back end. Uh, moving on, we got Kevin Pash. Pish, I'm saying it wrong probably. He's a goalie for them. He's playing for the Omaha Lancers, which again, this is why this tournament's so intriguing. Like we got guys playing on NHL deals. We got guys playing the best leagues in the world, and then we got guys sneaking in from like the USHL. And this year, he's got 11 games played. He has a 3.36 goals against average and a .892 save percentage. Numbers were much better in that league last year, but it'll be interesting. So if this guy's playing in the USHL, like, is he looking to go NCAA? Is he gonna just go play pro? Just interested to see, follow this kid. And they have nine players that are playing in the SL, which when I, until a few years ago, I didn't notice they they changed the name of these leagues. That was what I used to refer to as the NLB and then there's the NLA. The NLA is the top Swiss league and it is actually top five leagues in the world, probably, no questions asked. Guys go over there. Former NHL players go over there after. They can't keep cracking NHL lineups. They make good money. They play in a great league and uh, the fans go crazy. I believe that whole league's on Olympic ice. I'm not sure much about the league other than that I've heard so many people say that it is like really strong. And it's just interesting to see how Switzerland develops their p- prospects compared to Sweden. So they have nine players that are playing in the SL, which is the second-highest league in Switzerland, but they have none that are full-time National League players. NLA, I don't know what they call it. The NL, I'm assuming, stands for National League, the top Swiss league. They have some guys that have played games, but they're not, have, they're not keeping their players, there. They're, they're not developing their young prospects by keeping them in the highest league, which I think is smart, because that league is really good, and there's a lot of good former NHL players over there, a lot of long-time pros like that. I don't think a lot of these kids would find much development in that uh you know playing at that high of a level but how nasty is the nl like i've always been so intrigued by this i had a former coach in university hockey mike mcparlin who coached and played over there for years and he just talked about it like it was the fucking greatest thing on earth so very intrigued by this you know team swiss good players come out of this country not a huge hockey nation but they're always in the world juniors and they're always you know at least putting together a team that's worth watching so that's what i got on team swiss let's take a quick look at czechia czechia also known as the Czech Republic. That's who Canada plays here in just about an hour and a half time. Um, So yeah, maybe you probably won't hear this until after that game, but let's take a look at what Ceci is working with. They got 12 players signed NHL deals. They have 14 major junior players that are playing in North America, Canada. I think there's a couple of American teams, major junior teams are playing for, but they got seven players from the WHL, two from the OHL, five from the Quebec Major Junior League. And uh, one to watch out is a defenseman, David Spachek, I believe I'm saying that right. He plays for the Sherbrooke Phoenix over in the Quebec League. In 29 games, he has six goals and 20 assists. And he was a fifth-round pick to the Minnesota Wild. And last year, he had a really big year. I think he almost had hot, like 50-some points in 60 games. So this kid's legit. Clearly offensive. Keep an eye on him. Um, then we got a uh, Yuri Kulich, I believe I'm saying that right. I'm going to just stop saying this. I'm just going to go over the pronunciation, I feel. And he's a first-rounder to the Sabres. And he's playing in the AHL this year with Rochester. He's got 6 goals, 10 assists in 24 games. You know, as a kid playing, a junior age kid, that's pretty good playing over there in his first year in American pro hockey. Uh, next, we got Matthias Sapvaliv. He's got 11 goals and 19 assists in 30 games played. He's a second rounder in Vegas. And uh, yeah, this uh, other kid here, that's, he was making some head waves on Twitter the other night. David... I believe I'm saying his name right. He's a sixth overall pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. He's playing for Cleveland in the AHL this year. He has five goals, 15 assists for 20 points in 19 games played. That's pretty fucking gross. Uh, I don't know much about this kid. He's played two games for Columbus in the AHL this year. And this is Alan Walsh's buddy. Um, You know, up in Canada, for those who aren't familiar... And I mean, well, Northern States too got it bad. Everywhere got it bad this last couple of weeks, but there was awful winter storms, absolutely ravaged the airline situation all over Canada. Like, you know, flights were getting canceled left and right. People couldn't get home for the holidays. People are losing their luggage. Like it's happening to everyone. And so this David Jericka kid, he's a sixth overall pick. He's flying from Cleveland. I think he had to make a stop in Toronto before he flew to Halifax where the tournament is starting today on Boxing Day. And naturally, the worst airline in the world, Air Canada, lost his gear, lost his sticks, lost his luggage. So he arrives in Halifax last night or the day before, ready to go kickoff. You know, first game for the World Juniors is, is tomorrow. You know, he's probably coming right from AHL skates, probably just wants to get there and feel good. And now he's lost all of his gear. And Alan Walsh is such a fucking... I like him, but sometimes I think he's a dink head. I started following Alan Walsh on Twitter years ago in the playoffs when he had that fucking drama with his client, Marc-Andre Fleury in the Vegas Golden Knights when they decided to... Who's the other goalie? I can't remember the guy's name. The big fucking rig with all the tattoos and shit. Leonard, I think. They started Leonard in a playoff game a couple years back. It's over Fleury. And Alan Walsh, Fleury's agent, tweeted like a painting of Fleury playing in a Vegas jersey, a sword through Fleury's back, that had the coach's name Pete DeBoer on it, stabbing him in the back. And Alan Walsh like tweeted that mid playoff run, like as this was going on, like, like I get it, like you're there for your client, you're going to the wall, but maybe like let's not ruffle feathers mid playoff run. Like you're a fucking agent, like stay in your lane a bit. But anyways, this guy's so funny on Twitter. He just starts mouthing off to Air Canada, who do suck, who are awful. And I'm not defending in any way, but like Alan, half the country lost their luggage, half the country couldn't get home to to fucking their family. So, you know, you bitching online about your sixth overall pick who plays in the AHL, it's on an NHL contract, Um, I don't feel too bad for. I'm sure we'll get some gear for him. He's in Canada. I'm sure his gear will arrive. I'm sure they'll pull every string to get it. But I heard, last I heard that he found a pair of skates that were his and he's using completely new gear. So, really keep an eye on this kid or or maybe check the highlights if you missed the game because, you know, the game will be happening very soon. I want to see how this kid does. Maybe he doesn't, Maybe he just gets new gear and just, you know, maybe he likes it better. It feels good, you know? This is a very intriguing scenario. So that's Chechia. A lot of good players to watch there. Just listed a couple for you guys to take a look at. Um, now, you know, there's lots of teams in here and I don't want to fucking break down every single one. So I'm going to do a quick little breakdown of other players to watch from the remaining teams. Might have forgot a team or two. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, this is uh, honorable mentions from other teams here. We got uh, Team Germany. They have two guys on NHL deals right now. Uh, Nikita Kwap, he's a Tendi, and he's playing in the Dell 2. And then there's Julian Lutz, he's playing in the Dell, he's a left winger, he's a good player. And then we got Bennett Rombi, he's their their captain, he's playing over in the Dell 2, 26 games played, one goal, three assists. They have seven players playing in the Dell, or the DEL, which I believe it's referred to, and that's Germany's top league, one of the best leagues in the world for sure. Like I would i would say it's a top five league i'm not i'm not confident enough to say that like and, and and some people might disagree with me that's fine but you know a lot of good players over there you make really good money they have strict import rules and a lot of canadians go over there if they can't crack the nhl and make fucking good money so yeah i'm intrigued by this kid he's undrafted he's a he's the captain of their team for team germany bennett romby doesn't have great dell numbers but we'll see what he looks like so yeah like i said they have seven players playing the del they got one WHL player, Luca Hoff. I believe he's lighting it up for the Vancouver Giants, and they got one OHL player, Ryan Del Monte. He's half Canadian. I'm not sure if he was born over there. Maybe as a you know, maybe his grandma's German or something. He got a passport, but he plays for the London Knights. He's got ten points in fifteen OHL games. And randomly, this kid played two years ago in Germany, three playing a couple games in in Germany, uh, in Germany two after he played a, a one year in the OHL it's always intriguing, like, Major Junior is really good hockey. Like, this guy went and was playing legit pro hockey over in Germany. Even the third league is a good league. A lot of good players go over there from North America. And, you know, he had, like, pretty good numbers, but his OHL numbers were, like, you know, similar. You know, Major Junior is really good hockey. I don't think people realize that. But that's what we got for Team Germany. I'm not going to go too much in-depth there, but they're always a fun team to watch. Always strong. Great athletic country. Might not be that strong at uh, hockey in terms of legit powerhouse, going for a world championship glory, but... They're good at everything. Fuck, that that is one of the most athletic countries in the world by far. Now we got Austria. They got walloped today, like I mentioned, by Sweden. They have one player signed with Montreal. His name's Vin... I don't even say this. Vinzenz. Vinzenz Rohrer. He's got 32 points in 26 games for the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, so that's pretty gross. Keep an eye on him. I imagine he'll be one of the funner guys to watch on that team as they probably will lose every game in this tournament by fucking five or six. And then we get next, we got Latvia. They actually have three players signed in the NHL. We got Klaus Vindels with Tampa. Sandus Vilmanis, he's with Florida. And then we got Dan Lokames. I forget who the fuck he's with. But I had to, I don't know why. I clicked on this guy when I was bringing up their roster. And I'm not trying to shit on this kid, but this is a fucking hilarious 2022 stat line from a European player right now. His name's Dario Makovics and you know he's not a bad player he's putting up some numbers in the latvian top league i don't know how good that league would be at all haven't heard much about latvia hockey or fucking their pro leagues that's for sure but this is his last four seasons and i admit i'm sure one of these seasons were short and not a lot of games played because of covid but in his last four seasons let me break it down for you this year he's played 23 games in latvian's top league he has zero pims last year he plays 37 games played through latvian and a top league and also a latvian german league he had four pims combined in 37 games played year before that he had like it was a covid year i think six games played zero pims and the year before that 47 games played 10 pims so in his last four seasons combined not tons of games but enough games to have a couple more pims than 14 he has 14 penalty minutes in his last four seasons combined i can't imagine him being too aggressive like that's just I don't know how that's going to translate. Like I'm not saying North America hockey's fucking nasty and, and shit, but like I I like you're not playing too hard if you're only getting 14 pims in your last 4 years. Like you think maybe I I don't know. That's just where I look at it. So we'll, we'll move on from that. But Slovakia, I think this is the last one we're going to cover before we get on to the powerhouse Canadian squad. They have five NHL deals on their squad, five guys signed to deals, and they got five major junior players and they're honestly always a good squad. Slovakia um not a powerful hockey nation by any means but they're they're usually always in the top group here in the world junior championship so keep an eye on them and uh let's move on to this fucking stud team canada like they are going to be studly this year we're spoiled uh in canada we always have a lot of fucking you know a lot to look forward to this time of year because canada's putting together a, a fucking unbelievable world junior team every year And it's really a big deal up in Canada. I always wonder for Americans, especially hockey fans too down there, I don't hear much talk about the World Juniors. I don't know if it's primarily a Canadian thing. I certainly don't think it's that big over in Europe. Like I remember growing up, tons of these tournaments would be in Europe, but then the the fucking time change, you'd be watching a World Junior game at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. They don't do that anymore. I think they're always basically in North America now, probably because they actually make money and the double IHF actually makes money from the tournament being there. And it's in Halifax this year, so that's going to be fucking wicked. I'm really happy for the Maritimes. That's really good for them. But let's get on to Team Canada. This fucking studly Team Canada. Could have probably done an hour-long episode on this team alone. But I'll try to get through the goods that we need, the shit that the players that we need to focus on, first and foremost. So Team Canada, they have 18 players on NHL deals. And the only players who aren't are uh, draft eligible, I believe. And I think they have a goalie who's like 19 who wasn't drafted, but he's a stud. So they have three active NHL players, like guys that are playing in the NHL right now. That's the first time that that has happened for Team Canada since 2000. And the players are Shane Wright with the Seattle Kraken, Dylan Fournier with the Arizona Coyotes, and Brant Clark with the Los Angeles Kings. He's played a couple games in the NHL this year too. I might have been hurt. And uh, these are obvious players to watch, being NHL players. I don't. There's no other team in the in the tournament that has NHL players, and let alone these guys have three of them. So that's always fun to watch. It's always interesting to see like these NHL teams how they like agree to let them leave the NHL season for a bit and get you know, go down to the world juniors and, and try and tear it up. Especially a guy like Shane, Wright. Like he kinda got horned, was a consensus first overall pick, kinda gets shafted, falls to fourth overall, and he's not having the seamless transition to the NHL that we might have thought he was. So, you know, I think it's good for certain guys, you know, it's it's hard playing the NHL. As a youngster so getting these kids down fucking letting them light it up a bit in the world juniors with that maple leaf on their chest makes them feel good probably does a lot for their confidence so let's get down to other players to watch there's some studs this year man so obviously we got to start with uh you know upcoming phenom connor bedard number 98 for the regina pats and um, he's the obvious consensus first overall pick i don't think anyone's going to catch him and uh, he's been the consensus pick for this year's draft for years now He's got uh, 28 games played for the Regina Pats this season, has 27 goals and 37 assists for 64 points. And he's played 105 WHL games and he has 192 points, which is insane, but some people might look at that and not think it's insane enough. But when he was a 15-year-old, granted exceptional status to play in the Western Hockey League, which was a COVID season, I think they only played 20 games that year. He played 15 games. I think he had like 12 goals as a 15-year-old playing in the Western League. Like that's fucking insane. So keep an eye on him. He's a stud. One thing I love that you don't see a lot from these studs is they let him run the point on the power play. And it's fucking gross. He plays the right side and he's a right-handed shot which is like kind of unorthodox. Usually you have guys on their off sides playing the point. But I love watching the World Juniors because like hockey changes a lot really fast. And like, the shit these guys are doing breakout-wise on power plays and shit, like, it's fun to watch, man. Like, they do the big slingshot, guy takes the puck, rushes it up. They usually have two guys back as an option. If that guy can skate it in and gain zone entry clean, he's probably going to hold on to it. But, you know, it's the, the fucking other team's down a man. So you got to pressure this guy carrying the puck up the middle, and they'll just no-look toss it back fucking 100 feet to a guy flying up with so much speed. And then they have, like, two guys on the same plane that'll come up their breakout's gross. Their power plays gross. Look for them to be on a power play a lot this tournament because some of these guys are so dominant that all these these other teams, fuck, all they can do is just haul them down, take two minutes, and, and and fucking hope to live another day. So keep an eye on Bedard. This next kid's a fucking stud. And he's been having such a big year in the last 12 months that he's like honestly, some people are arguing that maybe he could challenge Bedard for a first overall pick. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but keep an eye on Adam Fantilli. He's uh U Michigan. Wolverine, he's in uh, 16 games played. He has 11 goals and 15 assists for 20 points. Pretty fucking good. And this kid was supposed to go first overall in the OHL draft a couple of years back. He was the consensus number one pick. The North Bay Battalion had that pick. That's where I went to university. I actually, was a bartender for the Battalion that year. So I was kind of dialed into the OHL at that time. I knew a lot about it. And This Fantilli kid created a lot of waves. A lot of people in North Bay were really excited that they had the chance to fucking draft this kid. This kid was like, you know, next level shit coming up. But he has a brother. I think his brother's name's Luca. And his brother had already signed with University of Michigan before he was even like able to play in the OHL. So Fantilli, right before the draft, it came out, the OHL draft, that he was looking to go NCAA And so he didn't go first overall because they don't know the battalion weren't going to waste their their pick on on a guy that's not going to come play for them. So I think he ended up falling to you know a later a way later pick. He might have even fell a couple rounds. Saginaw ended up acquiring him in the draft, and then North Bay like I don't know if they thought that this kid was fucking like going to come there. They I think they thought they had they had a chance. I remember talking to guys in the organization and. You know they ended up doing some sort of a trade the next season where they got, acquired Fantilli's rights, like in hope that he was going to leave the NCAA or the USHL where he was playing last year, to come join the Battalion. And this isn't not a shot on the Battalion or Major Junior, but if you have a choice to go to the University of Michigan or to go play fucking uh, you know for the North Bay Battalion or another OHL franchise. And you're this good of a stud. I know my argument was before. If you're that much of a stud and you know you're gonna play pro, maybe just go major junior. Not when University of Michigan's in, in in the in the fold. Like, I think a lot of people in North Bay were pissed that this kid wouldn't come. But I'm like, guys, he's gonna go to the University of Michigan and he's gonna fucking tear it up. So let's 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 pump the brakes there a little bit. All right. So keep an eye on this kid. He's a bonafide fide stud and he's a pretty big boy. Fun to watch. Fun to watch. So this other kid. Let's look at the goalies. Because I could go right down this roster and talk about every player, but let's look at their goalies. Apparently, the, a lot of talk about the goalies. They don't really have a, cons- a clear-cut number one tendy for Team Canada. So right now they got Thomas Millick. He plays for Seattle. He's a 19-year-old. He's got 14 games played this year, a 2.44 goals against average with a 9-12 save percentage. And uh, like I said, he's uh, not he's not with an NHL team. Uh, usually, if you play for Team Canada, you're basically like guaranteed to at some point in your life lace it up in the NHL. So. I don't know the stats on that, but like literally, like I've looked this up many times, like you're almost guaranteed that if you play for Team Canada in the World Jays, you're at least going to step foot in the NHL at some point in your career. So keep an eye on that kid. The other goalie who I believe is getting the start today for che- against Chechnya is Ben Gaudreau, North Bay, Ontario native. And he plays for the Sarnia Sting. In 22 games played, he has a 3.62 goals against average and a save percentage of 868, which isn't beautiful i don't think but you look uh, you look at this prior stats from years years ago and this kid's a stud he's already signed with San Jose he was a third rounder to them last year and look at his kid i I'm not, i think he's 18 so you know he has a chance to maybe return next year he's already you know he's getting the start in his first ever fucking world junior game so good for him and there's a lot of buzz around this team man this is said to be the best canadian world junior team since 2005 and that was uh when the lockout was on there was like crosby bergeron all these fucking studs and uh 1997 was a huge year too there was a lot of studs on that team It was a legendary team and there's some people every year they hype up team canada but this year there's a lot of talk that this team is going to be lights out so i'm intrigued man i'm intrigued it's going to be awesome i love again to reiterate i love that this tournament has gone to uh the maritimes and I, i heard some funny stories like there's already been some mishaps i have a buddy Former producer of the show, actually, Matt Donnelly, uh, beauty. He works for an embroidery company in in Halifax. A great company. They do a lot of, uh, you know, custom apparel. They do jerseys. They do fucking all that shit, embroidery, you know, shirts and all that. And they do a lot of good work that way. He gets a call on Christmas Eve. Who, the supplier who made Team Canada's World Junior jerseys accidentally sent their jerseys to Moncton when canada's starting the tournament in halifax which is about a four three four hour drive away and they sent them without i believe the shoulder numbers like the supplier it's the fucking like if you're the supplier i don't know who supplies these jerseys like is it adidas or something i don't know i don't know who the fuck makes them it's probably a reputable company if you're getting your jerseys on the back of team canada for the world jays but they forgot the shoulder cap like the shoulder numbers or something they forgot something on the jersey so my buddy there christmas eve he's on the phone with like the equipment manager for Hockey Canada for like hours. And this is Christmas Eve. He's supposed to get off work early. But no, he's got to fucking do what he can for his country so that the you know, the boys with the maple leaf on their chest can be well represented when they get out there. So kudos to Matt Donnelly for keeping this tournament fucking going. If it wasn't for him, we might be fucking up to no good. Truthfully. Truthfully. I also heard some funny things like I love New Brunswick. My whole family's from New Brunswick, but they just they just do comical shit. And I don't even need to touch on the, the all the backlash that Hockey Canada, the hot water that they've gotten themselves in this year, just with some ridiculous handling of absurd scenarios from fucking shitty people doing shitty things that happen to be fortunate enough to be wearing that fucking maple leaf on their chest, doing absolute horse shit. And yeah, Hockey Canada definitely didn't deal with that fucking very well, but they're getting a lot of backlash. And so the, it's supposed to be held in... Moncton and Halifax and Moncton has a beautiful rink too. not as beautiful of a city though as Halifax like that's no shitting. I'm not shitting on Moncton but so I think a majority of like the 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 big ticket games and like the gold medal round I think was slotted to be played in Halifax and then I think like and don't quote me I didn't do a lot of research like this is me having like Christmas dinner uh fucking over turkey talk with like some family members rumor has it that like the province of New Brunswick, because of it hosting in Moncton, was kind of like, well, we don't know if we want hockey counter in these games, you know, we don't know if we need them because, fucking, we don't like the way that shit's unfolded the last year with that organization and historically. And then they're kind of like, okay, well, fuck you then. Like, we don't need to play here. Like, go fuck yourself. And then I think, like, the province of New Brunswick, like, rehashed their statements and was like, oh, no, wait. No, like, no, no, okay. Well, they went, like, back on it anyways. Like, they were trying to be big dogs and... I think the double IHF and everyone's like, okay, like fuck you then. Like then you won't host the games you want. You'll get the fucking snickle games. And yeah, so I don't know what really happened there. I don't even know if that's true, but uh, it was a fun, the story nonetheless. And yeah, so I'm excited for the world juniors. This is gonna be fucking sick. Um, this episode went a bit longer than I, I thought it was, but I tried to do a good job just breaking down guys. You should watch. So now maybe when you're up there watching with family and friends, at the, or maybe you're alone at the bar, the bar stool and you want to look like you're the fucking wizard, now you have a bit of knowledge, a little bar talk, a little fucking, you know, little little shit that you can get up there and, and and spew and say, yeah, I know these guys. Like, I know these guys, where they're playing, who they are, and, and what they're up to. So keep an eye on some of these guys. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of breakout players that I didn't even mention. So it's, it's a fun time of year. We're a little bit more educated now, but what the tournament will entail, what it will bring... And uh, so, yeah, we're up to snuff here. We're going to be bar-, bar talk beauties, a lot of couch talk. Just, just start ripping stats about like to- Tony Rami and the boys from Finland and their stats in the Liga. Just start ripping stat lines. Just regurgitate info that you retain from elite prospects. I could read textbooks in the library and university all night and write notes three, four different times, solve problems, uh, listen to audiobooks, and I wouldn't remember a single thing. But if I was in a lecture, not listening to my professor, I could take one glance at a guy's stat line on elite prospects that I looked at from the the freaking Swedish division five. And I could remember literally everything about them. I could remember every stat line. So I don't know why I wish I could apply that retention to other areas of my life, but uh, probably won't ever happen. So I like doing this stuff a little unorthodox for the project. But I just wanted to get an episode out there, a little World Junior talk. Maybe if the tournament's going good, maybe I get a good reception. Maybe I'll periodically throughout the tournament do a couple updates. I did not expect this to go 50 minutes, but here we are. Let's get geared up for the tournament. Canada, it's 3.17. Mountain time right now. We got an hour and 13 minutes till puck drop. Canada versus Chechia. I'm going to get this episode out in like the next 10 minutes. I'll press save and, and just put it out there um yeah send this to your you know your dad your uncle your buddies that like hockey and uh let's gear up for this tournament we'll be talking soon thanks for tuning in this is the project this is hopsy baby boy this is episode number 68 world junior championship preview how the fuck are you bye for now